0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Consulting, brought to you by ECA Partners, the only podcast dedicated to helping our listeners navigate the wide variety of options they have after a career in consulting. I'm Ken Canera, host of Beyond Consulting and CEO of ECA Partners, a specialized project staffing and executive search firm focused on former management consultants and private equity. Each week, I host guests that have spent time in consulting and made some sort of a career change. The goal is to help our audience understand all the options they have available to them and ideally learn from our guests, both in terms of what they did right and things they wish they would have done differently. Today, we welcome Mike Sterling to the podcast. Mike is the founder and CEO of Quantity Analytics, a tech enabled services company that uses advanced quantitative and strategic techniques to help middle market clients drive value for their businesses. Prior to starting Quantigy, Mike was the Director of Client Impact at Spark Beyond, an advanced analytics and technology company where he led teams of data scientists, data engineers, business strategists, and account executives, serving clients in a wide variety of industries on a wide variety of advanced analytics, data science, and machine learning projects. He oversaw end-to-end advisory and delivery from early ideation through production deployment and business value generation. He also served as a key contributor to the firm's product development and commercial strategies. Prior to that, Mike led product development for an early stage ed tech company and did strategic project work as an independent consultant. Before venturing into technology, though, Mike was a strategy consultant for Booz Company, where we first met in 2006. Mike, welcome to the show great to be here thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me yeah no thanks thanks so much for joining um so today I I, I kind of want to jump into a, a couple things so I want to go I want to go through quantity and learn a little bit about what you're doing and 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 the company and the the value prop and that sort of thing and and then I I guess we can dig into that and then kind of rewind the rewind the tape and kind of Learn a little bit how you got there, because a lot of our listeners are going to be interested in kind of how you made this switch from consulting to technology and specifically advanced analytics, because I know that's a hot topic right now. But um, maybe we could just start off by learning a little bit about quantity and what what it is you all do. Sure thing. So, um, so we build analytical
1: systems that put the right information in the hands of decision makers uh, when they need it. And in a way that they can act on it, Uh, and so you know we really see this as the next generation of business intelligence uh, solutions. So this is going you know well beyond just you know piping data out of out of databases and into dashboards, um, which you know is useful but doesn't always lead to clear answers or actions, Uh, and sometimes even leads decision makers to wrong conclusions and, and counterproductive actions. So, um, so we're, we're, um, we, we take a top-down strategic perspective, um, you know, really getting at what is, what is an exec, what is an executive or management team trying to accomplish or improve in, in their organization? Um, you know, what's the strategy, what are their value creation levers? Uh, what are the right metrics? And we marry that up with a b- bottom-up quantitative grounding using analytics uh techniques that that cut through the data noise and provide clear actionable uh levers and recommendations and so you know i mentioned this sort of builds upon this is a new paradigm of of business intelligence and i can just mention maybe two sort of dimensions along which it um it extends that uh, business intelligence paradigm. So first is that, you know, we put a model of how the business or, or organization functions at the core of our approach embedded in the system. Uh, and so this is, you know, the logic for how, you know, how inputs drive outcomes, uh, what are the, the steps and the mechanics and the dynamics involved in that. And so we can establish cause and effect relationships. Um, measure them and understand them, which we believe is critical to, you know, affecting positive change uh, in in a complex organization. Um, And the second dimension that we build upon kind of the current state of business intelligence tools is that we infuse advanced analytics right into the system, right in the solution. So that means automatically analyzing granular data for patterns uh, trends insights identifying predictors segments things like that in a turnkey way so th- you know uh, things that are uh, inaccessible to to a lot of companies that are that are starting to use business intelligence so if i were to sum it all up i'd say you know borrowing borrowing some lingo from from industrial technology world it's a digital twin of your organization so you get a virtual digital representation of you know of, of the of the system of your company or your organization, how it works, a live view of how it's performing. You know actionable insights that, that the decision makers can use right right in that context. That that sort of top down view.
0: So if I'm understanding this right, you're sort of bringing, the, I'd say like a look at the KPIs or the business system the same way that kind of uh financial reporting is done for the, the the finance function is is that am i am i oversimplifying that
1: uh i think the comparison to financial reporting is an interesting one so um financial reporting is uh you know it is kind of the de facto uh management information that most companies you know have relied on for a long time and what it is is a snapshot in time of you know the main you know, financial flows of, of a business, you know, summarized into the, you know, income statement, balance sheet cash flow, um, and, and of course it's useful and a necessary thing for accounting or purposes, but it, it lacks a, a number of dimensions. So it lacks the cause and effect, um, you know, a, a financial report for on a monthly basis will tell you kind of what flowed in that month. But it won't tell you what drove that flow, which is oftentimes something that happened many months prior, uh, you know, in the operations, in the sales org, and then something happened in operations, and then you know, finally, you you get a revenue stream down, you know, down, down, down the down the chain, and the financial report kind of captures some of that, but it it sort of breaks it all up in time. So, um, so yeah, what we do is we take a cause and effect, we map out kind of exactly, you know, how how does the how does the business actually generate. You know how do they turn sales leads into opportunities into into customers into repeat revenue into sell on into etc into referrals which turn into more business you know for example in that kind of business um, and mapping out the the, the different uh, the levers along the way the flows um, and the KPIs yes very much about the, the right metrics the right KPIs along the way um, and really how those KPIs interact with one another. So, I mentioned that kind of example of like the sales flow. You know, uh, if something upstream is is not performing well, then something downstream may actually be performing well, but it's impacted by the upstream, you know, knock on effect of, of a prior step. You'd want to know that as a manager so that you know where to focus, where what needs maybe more resources, more attention, or more sort of focus on improvement. Um, and so, we really are, are kind of uh, marrying up both the financial flows of the business with its true, the true operations of the business, how different functions and and teams and processes work together to to to, to drive outcomes, which is you know revenue and and, and profit and cash flow. So um, very much kind of taking a holistic view from um, from the executive perspective.
0: So this is what gets me pretty excited about quantity because most of our clients are private equity middle market portfolio companies and often after an acquisition the first thing that comes up is there's some sort of lack of financial reporting or some sort of lack of sophistication with the finance function and just getting kind of some top level finance reporting is a huge boon to the business now if i if i kind of double click that for a second um there's usually a value creation plan that's also part of the investment thesis and there's a number of strategic initiatives right that need to happen so if it was a manufacturing company maybe there'd be a pricing strategy initiative um maybe there's some kind of you know inor- inorganic kind of growth opportunities that have been identified so this, if I'm understanding this correctly, Mike, quantity kind of marries up the finance component with the strategic or kind of like operational lens um, that it in in Mike in the case that I'm describing an investor would have for the business, but replace that investor with the CEO or, or what have you. Is 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 that kind of right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So we'll we'll take uh, you know in that example we would build off of an ex- of a, a value creation plan. That is put in place. Oftentimes, let's say you know when investment is made, or and we, we know and those plans are are often kind of they're a strategic plan. So hey, here are the three to five main levers that we want to uh, execute on in the next couple of years. And so what we, what we do is we sort of say well, let let's be the quantitative grounding against those. So we will map sort of design kind of a full set of KPIs for the business, uh, especially ones that that shed light into the value creation plan progress so the idea is to kind of grow the top line through xyz initiatives but then then we'll make sure we have the right monitoring right measurement and monitoring of of metrics that give transparency there as well as the the cause and effect Drivers of those uh, those KPIs. So so as a management team and and, and as a PE on operations team, you know you'd get the, the sort of live KPI metrics measured, monitored, automatically, straight from a, a lot of the, the raw you know the raw core transactional data sources of the business, financial system, ERP, CRM, etc. Within you know within a few clicks, you're actually getting also some root cause analysis. So if some metric is is performing well or not performing well, you know the, f- the first question you're going to ask is why? What's you know what happened? Like how, you know what's what's the root cause of this? Um, we actually provide that drill down, tracing back kind on of all the drivers of of why a KP a KPI might be off in in a, in a particular week or a particular month, and bringing that all kind of in into a in a unified solution.
0: So you're picking this up from a technology and a service point of view, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, the service
1: components, I'd say there's probably two parts to where we are using service as part of our offering. The first is we are innovating on uh, what we see as kind of gaps in how analytics and business intelligence are done in the field right now. And so, when you're trying to improve upon something, when you're trying to innovate, it's really helpful to to do it case by case, client by client, doing it, let's say by hand, enough times where you can understand the nuances of the problems and the pain points, and actually test out which parts of that can be productized. Uh, start to develop those product components, you know, in the flow of kind of real client work, and figure out which components of that actually hang together as a good, sort of cohesive, holistic product. And so we're really you know we've used services to find product market fit and maybe in you know later on we can talk about how you know this is where the consulting toolkit can actually be a, a really useful thing for someone trying to find product market fit because you can go and kind of go and do it as a service to start and then understand where the product opportunity is from there so that's kind of i'd say on the innovation side services first has been really useful for us to to really hone in on on what to, what product to build and, and how you know what different components of it should be there, and then as a second part, um, you know, we're we're what we're providing is you know important information to decision makers uh, of companies or or organizations or business units, and so getting this right, you know, it, it could be the difference between that you know, organization succeeding and, and not, you know, making the right decision or the, or, or not the right investment or the, the wrong one or focusing on the right area to improve versus missing the target. So we, you know, that's, um, you know, working with clients to, to making sure that this is all set up right. And that, you know, the accurate, you know, accurate information is coming. Um You know, it's aligned with the strategic goals. It's measuring the right things in the right way and really cutting through that last mile to getting to some to actionable insights. And so that is something that we, you know, we don't think in the analytics space comes right out of the box very easily, Um, especially when, you know, the stakes are high, you know, uh, you know. These businesses are complex. And so, uh, you know, our services are used as really a strategic or, you know, really a, you know, strategic support for our clients to make sure that this is done right. Um, it is high stakes, um, and, um, you know, it fills in kind of some of the gaps either in terms of bandwidth or skill um, that they may have. And And it lets us you know, be on the front lines and see and see how this solution is is helping and 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 where it, it where it still has gaps. And so we use it as a way of also constantly improving our our own offering. Um, and that's really important for the long term of what we're what we're
0: building. That makes a lot of sense, especially since you're early on. In fact, some of the best software solutions or enterprise solutions I've seen out there. Actually started as kind of a service offering, right? And then, and they kind of honed in on what clients needed, and then kind of built and productized around that. Now, I, I know you're in early days here, but in terms of the clients and customers that you're seeing so far, what did they what do they kind of look like, and and what have you been doing for them?
1: Yeah, so uh, we are focused on middle market companies. This is really anything up to um, yeah, I'd say 500 million in revenue, or or, or maybe a billion in revenue. Um and, and ranging all the way you know on the on the lower middle market side of that you know uh, a few hundred employees type of scale um, and you know especially organizations that are rich in data, which you know companies at this scale tend to be actually pretty rich in data, um, transactional data the, the data that lives in these in their core systems um, that they know have strategic value and are are looking to harness it. Uh, to better understand aspects of the business, or um, you know, drive imp- increased visibility, improve performance, create value, right? And so um, we're working with management teams of those kind of organizations um, that are you know that are you know eager to you know use their data to drive value. Um, maybe have some reporting, uh, some business intelligence dashboards in place, but are looking to take that to the next level. Uh, and truly get that kind of top-down uh, cause and effect uh, transparent view of of uh, of the business, of business performance, and um, and help that you know drive best decision making.
0: That's good, and I guess I see why the middle market and call it like you know I know that's a middle market is a, a very general term, but I, I get why you know that kind of size uh, would be a good fit for you. I guess the thing that I'm a little bit curious about is on the upper end of that, why, why has this not evolved more than like we would think it is? I mean, if I, if I look at all the solutions out there, you've got Looker, you've got a lot of seemingly kind of off the shelf, advanced analytics kind of tools um, and techniques. Why the time lag is what I'm curious about. Well,
1: I'd say, you know, analytics is, is a, is a business domain in and of itself, um, and it's you know just like let's say marketing or digital marketing or you know sales or operations. I mean, there's there's a learning curve to analytics, and um, it's not just the technical side of it. You know, the data infrastructure and the you know the analytical tools, um, some of which are you know, sometimes it's hard to know what's what and what's different from the outside from a lot of the, you know, the marketing websites that are out there from these, there's a lot of great tools, but, um, you know, there's, there's not, there's not necessarily a, a large, you know, body of talent in, in these companies that, that, that know how to use it right out of the gates. There's there's a long learning curve. There's some coding skills. Um, So, but beyond the technical side of it, there's, there's also the technique side. of it, And I think this is what often gets overlooked is that, you know, yeah, you can go learn the tool and and there are a lot of great tools that are, you know, you can go learn and people can go learn. Um, but the technique side of it, you know, it's, it's harder to learn, you know, in a quick, quick way. There's, there's, there's a lot of pitfalls, uh, that, you know, you know, years of trial and error, (laughs) successes and failures, um, in a variety of settings and functions and use cases and, and industries, um, you know, and so having people who can who can draw on that kind of experience is, is is pretty key to you know to a successful analytics implementation. Um, so I mean, you mentioned some of the tools. You know, there are some great business intelligence tools. Um, um and so you know what we're but they do require uh, the right skill sets to truly uh, get value from them. So we've seen, you know, a lot of implementations of tools that, you know, that do extract data and they, they do provide visibility into data. But there's there's still a lot of gaps. There's still, you know, it still leaves management with the, okay, so what? You know, uh, I'm seeing this, and sometimes, you know, there's there's clear actions, and sometimes there's not. And so we're um, we're kind of taking that last mile of the so what and trying to productize that. so you know not just showing you what happened in some slices and dices of data, but really why and what to do about it, um, which is what often gets left to sort of guesswork um, or speculation um, or, or or is just a skill set that's that's a, that's harder. To cultivate, uh, it takes years of 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 uh, of working in this in this space. So, um, you know, and, and then there's some cross there's some cross domain um, you know things that are really useful. Like you you know you, you do a use case in um, you know some industry like you know you bank fraud detection, right? And and you're looking for needles in haystacks. Well, you can take that same set of tools and methods and go and apply them into you know different needles and different haystacks in you know different domains and um, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, cross learning, cross pollination there. So I think I think back to your question. So why you know um, why middle market you know. needs this. Well, we think it's, it's a little bit of the, the technical skills, the experience, you know, the technique, uh, you know, just having learned a lot of these lessons, we can, you know, we can really accelerate, um, the success of an analytics, uh, implementation and really help do that last mile. That's that of, of, uh, of critical thinking and analysis of what to do and, and what are the actions coming out of, of, of the, of the analytics and designing the analytics, such as they provide those things um, uh, in a in a as turnkey a way as possible.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's funny that you you uh, you talked about the techniques, right? Because I kind of threw that word around like I knew what I was talking about when in re- when in reality I didn't. Um, and and this is actually something I've observed just in my own kind of work talking to candidates, right? Like I feel like this is a space where a lot of consultants we don't even know what we don't know. Um and and I guess I I kind of see folks in kind of like one of two camps is one is like, okay, super deep um in data science and having a kind of a lot of experience with kind of BI and advanced analytics in general. And then you've got folks that are call it like business people and have a decent understanding of how to, how to run a, a, an Excel spreadsheet. But I, I very rarely see the combination of those two things. Um, is that, is that kind of something you've observed as well?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're different skill Um, and you know, typical career paths probably haven't brought them together, you know, as much. Um, but I, I you know, I, it's, it's starting, we see more of that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I generally agree with that. Um, you know, we each each takes years of, of mastery, <laughs> and so you know, stacking both on top um, takes you know years and years and years of that. So, um, but uh, you know, there there are more, there is more talent coming that that uh, that can do this. We're 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 trying to both uh, you know help by bringing that talent, but also by helping build you know a set of a set of tools and, and a system that can help. Uh, helps bridge bridge some of that gap as well.
0: Okay, and I want to tie this back to consulting in, in a minute. But first, I, I guess could and, and maybe this is how we do it. But could you kind of walk us through maybe a client example or something that you've done recently and like the results achieved? Because I think our listeners and myself included are, are it's it's hard for for me and and I, and I and I guess I'm speaking for everybody else now. But it's hard for me to kind of like disentangle. Call it like advanced analytics and reporting, and then kind of like a consulting engagement. And it seems almost like you're merging the two. But again, I'm probably oversimplifying it. So do you think you could kind of like walk us through what a recent kind of example would look like?
1: Yeah, sure. So the uh, part one is usually implementing our our, our primary system, which is, um, you know, kind of as we were talking about, um, you, you map out, you, you know you, you work with the management team to really you know understand the business model and you map we, we work with them to map out the right kpis and metrics um, if you know a lot of times they have that in place already um, and we we what the, what you do in the system is you actually uh, you you do, you build a model. You build the model of how the business works. So what functions are you lay out the different functions? You lay out the flows and the handoffs uh, between functions. Um, you know, and and the 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 right metrics for each function. And so now you have kind of a you have essentially a model of the of how the business works. So okay, if we put this many resources upstream into our business development group then we you know we expect this amount of kind of um, you know sales leads coming down the pipe and we have we need to resource our sales team at this level and, and, and manage to this conversion rate and land this many deals of this much size and, and you know onboard those clients within this much time and, and you know um, retain clients in, you know at this level. Um or you know sell you know repeat work or whatever I mean depending on the business model, of course these things will look differently, but we lay that out uh it's 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 the essentially that sort of digital twin view of the business uh and then we uh you know we connect into the data sources that will give live views of those metrics uh working from the you know the most critical place first, and then expanding out um and uh, now you have, you know, you've basically kind of you have a, 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 a mo- you know, a, a system that is monitoring business performance. Um, as part of that modeling, we also we also work with the team to to put in place, um, you know, a plan. So, okay, how how do we project out the the next year to go or the next few years? Uh, and so now you're working against a plan and. Um, what the system will do is actually, you know, monitor how performance is actually progressing against that plan and automatically, you know, uh, doing the root cause analysis for where things are off. And then on top, the, the advanced analytics is is constantly um, sort of scanning the granular data for, for changes, you know, patterns, uh, places where, let's say, a conversion rate is not performing as well as it should um and uh allows the organization to run experiments hey if we try this uh you know a split test ab tests um and and measures kind of is the is the underpinning quantitative layer that is measuring monitoring and managing you know all of that um and so for you know that's kind of a typical client engagement sort of set set the KPIs, set the manage the, the monitoring of them up um and, uh, and then you know, um, implement the right auto, you know auto analytics, advanced analytics modules depending on the metric. Um, so if your, ret- if your metric is a retention rate, let's say a customer retention rate, um, there's a certain set of modules that are relevant for retention rate um, that we'll put in place. So those are monitoring kind of cohorts and finding predictors of ret- of, uh, of churn. Um, finding segments that perform better. Otherwise, those kind of modules would be put in place for that kind of metric. So, um, and so, you know, this is implemented, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in quick sprints. So, we'll tackle one, you know, one piece at a time and, and, and knock out uh, the whole thing rather quickly, um, you know, um, going, you know, connecting, you know, each data set, uh, each data source, I should say, at a time. So, you know, within, within, sometimes within days and, and, and if not within, within certainly within within a few weeks, management is getting an increasingly, uh, you know, increasing visibility into the, the business from a top-down perspective, um, you know, ability to basically get a pulse check on everything, um, you know, on a daily or weekly basis, depending on, on, you know, the velocity of the business and so you know very quickly they're starting to get view a view of things in a in a new light that is usually pretty unprecedented
0: This is really cool. And it's funny, you keep kind of using the word system, I can't help but think that the business itself is, you know, is you're you're almost thinking of the business itself as a system as kind of like the convergence of call it, it, at least it feels like to me, again, a lay person, it feels like to me, like the convergence of kind of finance KPIs are kind of like operational metrics and, and consulting, right? Because like, I feel like without that kind of like upfront piece where you're, you're working with the management team to kind of approach things from a top down. It, it, it just doesn't feel, it feels like, let's put it this way. It feels like a missing link. uh, If you try to approach it kind of purely technical or purely kind of like from a consulting point of view where you just go in super narrow, focus on one thing, solve a problem at a particular point in time, come up with an output. And then it it's, it's kind of like not a living thing. Whereas this, this feels very living, I guess is, is kind of like how I'm picking it up.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, coming at it from a, a tech, you know, our product first perspective. It's, there's usually a strategic nuance, or or you know, just there's usually the strategic angle that is super important. That uh, getting that right, and you know, no two companies are alike. No, no two companies' strategies are alike. No, and and um, and so you know, re- yes, really understanding and and you know, measuring the right things in the right ways that that actually is giving you know meaningful, accurate, and actionable outcomes or a- outputs to, to to leaders is is super important, and we don't take that lightly. And so, yeah, it is it is really a blend of of a you know of a consulting kind of project, but the output of that, like you mentioned, is a living, breathing uh, system that continues to give insight and value over time. Um, and again, you know, against a plan, against the you know a, a one year, two year plan. Um, like a value creation plan let's say that that a company is undertaking so yeah absolutely it's kind of that hybrid ground um, we, we find we see it's like the best of both worlds you know you get the the scale the the you know the the scalability and the automation from the technology side that can live on but you know you get this sort of um, you know making sure it's right <laughs> and that it's useful and it's actionable for leadership then actually solving and and, and shedding light into their their most critical business uh challenges and opportunities from the consulting side of it um, which is you know the especially the upfront piece but but also as an ongoing uh ongoing support as well
0: that's awesome. So let's talk about that a little bit, the consulting kind of angle. Before Quantigi, as I understand it, you, you did kind of like two things, right? So, it, well, I, I know you did consulting because that's where we met. But then then you also did a stint in product as well. So talk to me a little bit about kind of how consulting prepared you for this and kind of... Uh, we've already talked a little bit about kind of like obviously where it has its where its tentacles into in what you're doing at Quantigy. But I guess I, I'm really curious how consulting kind of prepared you for this. I, I consider
1: consulting to be one of the key ingredients to this to this recipe, um, especially the the top down analysis of a business. You know, distilling the complexity, which you know these organizations are often hundreds of people or even a few thousand people in an organization. The complexity there is just mind boggling people, processes, handoffs, teams, sub teams, you know, all these little micro initiatives, all these small, small forces at play all throughout the business. Um, you know, for management, it's just to, you know, there's so much um, complexity to that and, and opaqueness. So what consulting helps is how do you distill down that into the core, you know, the core things that matter most to the business uh, conceptually and quantitatively, you know, as consultants, we, you know, we try to get our hands on data sets and things and, and try to analyze uh, quantitatively as best as possible. Um, but then all, but also the thing that about consulting that, you know, was, was, was critical to all this and, and is critical to this recipe too, is, is the, is the people side uh, of the business, you know, getting to know the, the people and the organizational dynamics, all of the ideas and motivations and, and uh, you know, all the little things that are happening up there every day, um, all that nuance that you actually don't get from the quantitative representation of the business are so critical um, to something like this. And, you know, in consulting, that is, you know, that is a core part of, of the, the job and the skill set, you know, that forms a bedrock for all this. So, you know, that's not to be overlooked. I, I think that, you know, coming in purely kind of tech product, quantitative data numbers is all well and good, but, um, you know, there's there's absolutely the human side, you know, organizations are people, are, are you know, are, are groups of people. And, um, you know, understanding that element, that aspect to this, you know, and how the quantitative side can help shed light into some of the qualitative people side. I think they, they do complement each other, but, um, you know, consulting is you're there with the people working on the problems, you know, day to day and rolling up your sleeves. So that was, you know, like I said, like a found a, definitely a core foundation to this venture for me.
0: That makes a lot of sense and you so you made a pivot though right after consulting you went into so first it was product and then and then kind of advanced analytics so i guess talk talk to us a little bit about kind of like how you made that pivot and and why
1: yeah i um I have always had a technical uh itch i guess i mean I was an engineer and an undergrad and always and always kind of been a quantitative thinker in a way. So I, I think I had a, I had a, a, a technical itch to scratch. And at the time, there was this new, you know, there were some new, this new emerging field of of AI and machine learning was coming about, which was you know starting to get some traction. I was very curious about it. Uh, and so I think more than anything, out of curiosity, just kind of as a hobby, <laughs> I started dabbling in that space, and uh, and kind of just kind of going back to my roots a little in 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 tech. Um, you know, started dabbling with you know sort of brushing off my coding skills. This is you know a few years ago, and, and starting dabbling into um, into data science, and you know the the technical tools that are available there so i think for me i kind of just fall i just sort of let my curiosity take me to different directions some were seemingly random and probably useless but still maybe interesting i kind of realized like well all right like maybe you know i uh, maybe you know i i re- there's an itch that i'm there's something here i'm 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 go- i'm gravitating towards naturally so let me follow that instinct and and take on, you know, and kind of look and and uh, and you know what I found was there's a lot of there's a lot of tech companies or tech products and things that that really also need people with a consulting background, you know, just the the sort of the lens we bring to stuff, um, you know, our structured approach, our whatever it is that the whole sort of toolkit that we get trained on, you know, over the years of consulting. And so that was like a natural way of sort of yeah pivoting, but still being able to leverage you know the many years of consulting uh background um that I had but um for me, yeah, for so me it was like following my curiosity, you know, you know dabbling, just really dabbling, I guess is a is a one way to get into it. you start I just started you know reading a lot of stuff, um playing around with some you know with some coding doing some side projects, building some things simple at first. And, um, and then, you know, just building up kind of building up the skills and, uh, and kind of, yeah, uh, finding roles that would take me deeper in, that would actually take me deeper into that specialization. Um, and, you know, at companies that were small enough where, you know, the general consulting bills, business skill set was still really relevant because, you know, we were still build we were building a business as much as we were building a product. Uh, definitely was a pivot over a span of a few years and just got, I ended up going deeper and deeper into a, into a specialization, I would say.
0: You know what's funny is okay. So we, you know, we've we've known each other, and one of my favorite parts about doing this show is even people that I know already. I kind of learned something that I completely I didn't know before the the actual the actual kind of podcast recording. So, so for those of you that don't know, you know, Mike and I have been friends, but one of the things that I wanted to do at ECA. So we wanted to build a a tech platform for our our clients. And I, and I, and I came to Mike, I said, I I don't know what the hell I'm doing, man. You know, what, what should I do? And, and he got, he actually gave me the same advice, which was like, you, you just need to, immerse yourself in this stuff and so what i did actually having listened to mike call it what like a year and a half ago is i just went down a youtube rabbit hole i started reading a bunch of stuff and then i found myself like taking a product manager course right and like i i you know, call it like hundreds and hundreds of hours of uh, independent nerder, nerdery. Later, um, I, I can now confidently say I I have the ability to build technology product, which is really cool. But actually, it wasn't until this conversation, Mike, that I kind of put that together. That your 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 advice of just uh, what did you say, dabble or whatever uh, it it makes a ton of sense if you wanna. If you want to learn about something, if you want to make a career pivot, you can't just kind of, kind of okay, I'm going to go do this, right? You you kind of have to immerse yourself in it. And I, that's, for me, I guess, a pretty big takeaway.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there is a way to find kind of a hybrid role where, you know, you're still relying heavily on, you know, a general business skill set or your consulting skills and you're getting exposure to You know, a new domain like product or software development or analytics or something like that, Um, and so that that's maybe like kind of a way of of dabbling on the job, I suppose. Um, But you know, I I think oftentimes you get swept into the day to day, and it, it actually can be harder to carve the the time to to do the like you said the nerdery you know, the offline nerdery of getting your hands dirty with some some projects but you know on that note I I was trying to think of the right analogy for this but like the the beginning when you're trying to get into a new thing I don't trying to learn a new technical skill or whatever or a new whatever there's like a steep the the hill in the beginning is pretty steep and you you know you get burned out every every you know every so often and you take a rest but you know once you reach there's like some point where you reach kind of that plateau where the you know the hill flattens out and you can run faster and man that's the fun you know that part is really fun i mean hopefully the whole thing is fun but you know i recognize it can be frustrating along the way but man when you hit that plateau um you know, then the, then it's a, then it's like a, a, a long run towards mastery. And that's like the really fun part where you're, you know you're, you're able to kind of take advantage of everything that's out there and, and connect a lot of dots and build and, and, you know, and actually connect that domain or that set of that skill set with other things. And then that's where kind of cool synergies and, and things happen. Um, but you do have to get up the hill first. <laughs> so I would say if someone's just starting out, just have a little patience. Get up that hill. Cause when you get to the plateau, then you know, you you actually have also you can look over their horizon and you know, to continue the analogy well past where it should be continued, but you get where I'm going with that.
0: No, I totally get it. I mean, it, look, if there's a steep learning curve to anything, right, it, it, that, that's exactly what it is. It is steep, but uh, you know, the curve, can, the curve can't, you know, be steep infinitely. Right. And, uh, and once you get kind of over a little bit of a tipping point, I, I completely agree. Then all your eyes are open to kind of all these things that you, you weren't even, you didn't know what you didn't know. Right. Um, the, the, on un, the unknown unknowns, uh, right. So, um, I guess kind of on that, thinking that same line of thinking. So, you know, we've talked to a lot of folks that are interested in maybe joining a a very kind of enterprise tech or technical business, or maybe starting a a technical business, um, doing something with product or solutions. Now, beyond kind of call it geeking out, um, any other advice that you have for folks that don't have kind of like you know, tech, you know, the technical background, maybe that, that you had, um, to, to get started out, um, beyond again, just beyond kind of like geeking out or, or, or maybe, um, just any, anything else you, you would advise Cause we, we do talk to a lot of folks that are kind of interested in making that transition.
1: Yeah. I, I think there are a lot of roles in tech and product that, that aren't technical. So, you know, it doesn't need to be a barrier. Um, yeah, you know, I think as I said before, that being being able to come in and have a you know a good, well rounded view of how to create value for, you know, customers, stakeholders, whoever it might be in in the role, you know, that is <laughs> that is actually you know a really important complement to the technical skills that you know, technical people may bring. Um, and without it, you know, you can build things that are interesting and, you know, you know, maybe are technically impressive, but, but aren't actually driving or uh, creating value for a customer or a internal stakeholder or whatever. So, you know, that can be your, your, your value add on a team that, you know, you, you are, um, Kind of the one bringing the the hey let's keep our eye on the value you know you know uh, value creation here, you know how how is what we're going to build going to be used, and how is that going to solve problems and create value? How does each feature that we're proposing you know do the same so you know and and so sometimes it's almost nice to have someone who's not super technical, not super close to that you know with that lens of. Is this the right thing? Why, you know, can we quanti- You know, can we quantify? Can we, you know, can we talk to the right people? Can we, can we draw on the right information to make the right decisions? Um, and so there are, you know, there are those like hybrid roles where you're interacting with, you know, the technical people or product people, but you are, you know, very much the, 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 the sort of the, the business. Um, you're bringing that business lens which is super important, um, always, um, unless you're solving some, you know, really, really technical problem, then, you know, I suppose less so, but um, you know, most of the products that are being built or are, are there to solve uh, to create value in, in some kind of market. Um, so that's you know that's a hybrid way you know find those roles um, you know there's also a lot for like we were talking about earlier you know in in enterprise software and enterprise or tech and analytics there's a there's a there's a lot of client facing roles you know how, you know implementing you know doing some of the, the service strategy work around it implementing things you know working with clients um, you know being a solutions specialist even if you're not as technical. Um, you know, there's a lot of those roles that, that require that kind of sit at the, you know, sit at the client facing edge. Um, and those are good places also to, to start to dabble into, you know, product facing. So maybe you, you serve in that role, but you, you know, you plug into a product group or, um, uh, you know, you are a business sort of input to the product team and you can, you know, get in the mix that way. So there's those roles. Um, But, you know, there's also a lot of resources out there. (laughs) Like, you know, you you mentioned the YouTube wormhole, rabbit hole, whatever. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff out there. It can be a little daunting. But, you know, if you're interested in something, usually there's some good resources that are a few clicks away. Um, So, you know, can't hurt to just start diving in and, you know, do some reading and and research uh, as well. There's really nothing stopping anyone from learning stuff these days, for the most part.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and I guess what I kind of take away, and sorry because I kind of asked the same question twice, <laughs> because because I wanted a more more of an answer. But I, I think what I took away from that is okay on your own, you can obviously do a lot of kind of independent research and get into it that way, right? There's a lot of kind of self-paced learning out there. And then the second thing is like from a career perspective, you could find a role where maybe you're the driver of something that is very business oriented, but the passenger, you're sitting in the passenger seat on something that is more technical, right? So there's a lot of roles out there um, that kind of, addressable things. So we see it a lot in like customer success or non-technical product management roles, um, stuff like that, where again, you're by being the passenger, you're in in just through osmosis, you're going to, you're going to learn a ton. I guess on the on the first point um we always Mike we always ask our guests to uh what book recommendations that they might have cuz we're we're slowly building a library uh on uh on on our on beyond consulting and uh, just wanted to see if you have any book recommendations for our guests.
1: I'll throw in a recommendation that has nothing to do with what we talked about today or the theme of the podcast but <laughs> Is it is it is, is is PG though, right? It's been a few years since I read it, so I I don't uh, know for sure exactly if all of it's PG. But it's nonfiction, so I'd say it's. Um, look, it's it's. Uh, I'll just go ahead and say so. Um, really, anything by David Foster Wallace, um, and he writes a lot of nonfiction. Uh, he wrote a lot of nonfiction essays. Uh, one one to start would be Consider the Lobster. It's a collection of 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 essays on Widely varying topics, Uh, and uh, if you've never read anything by him, be prepared to uh, to think and laugh and and uh, and learn and, and and sort of observe the world through the lens that somehow he has he had this ability to to see it
0: through. No, that's good. Actually, you know what's funny is a lot of the the folks that we've talked to are they'll go they're really great experts in their domain and they've gone like super deep, but all their book recommendations tend to be completely different way, just very abstract, uh, which I am starting to kind of like see a trend, which is kind of neat. Um, if you ask me my book recommendation, it'd probably be very boring. Um, but, uh, we'll save that for, for another episode. Um, Mike, thanks so much for, uh, for, for joining us on Beyond Consulting. If we want to learn a little bit more about Quantigi, uh, where should we go? How, how can we get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, best place, uh, our website, uh, it is uh or on LinkedIn. Uh, we're on there as well. And people can find me on LinkedIn
0: uh, as well. And uh, your LinkedIn name is Mike Sterling, right? Yep, Mike Sterling. S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G, correct? Yep. Uh, and uh,
1: Quandaji should separate me from all the other Mike Sterlings out there. Okay, good stuff.
0: Well, everybody, thanks so much for listening this week. And be sure to check out our next episode. We've got a lot of interesting guests coming up. And if you want to be alerted when we do new episodes, make sure to subscribe to Beyond Consulting on either Spotify or Apple. And if you're interested in learning more, check out www.beyondconsulting.info as well as www.eca-partners.com. Until next week, thanks so much and see you then.